Hello, ladies and gents. How are we keeping? Hang on a second. I've got an awful fucking messy setup here, lads, with all the fucking it's all wires and shit. I know I must organize the gaff. How are you keeping? How's things? How you, how's how's your week been? I've been having a fairly stressful few days. Would I say stressful? Emotional, I'd say. Oh, it's been a bit... <laughs> I've been getting into the JFK assassination for the last week. I spent the last few days going balls deep in JFK. And, uh... It's been quite... Fucking emotional. <laughs> it's been a bit much, I'm not gonna lie to you lads. It's just fucking creepy. There's only so long you can go down that rabbit hole before you make a fairly solid conclusion and it's not nice. <laughs> um Yeah, it's weird. Um to be honest, I partially regret going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I partially kind of think I should have just left it alone. But. um, It's fucking fascinating. I've been having a good old laugh. Not a laugh. I've been having a good. I've been, I've been enjoying going down this rabbit hole. I've been enjoying it. Um, because I have uh, I have reading week this week in college. Um, instead of. Um, you know. Focusing on studies. Or uh, you know being somewhat productive I've spent a lot of time doing this uh, looking into JFK's assassination <laughs> you need something to fucking keep you going don't you Um, yeah so that's what I've been doing it's the phrase Bill Hicks used the phrase it was the taking over of democracy by totalitarian government and I used to think he was talking shite until I started looking into it and it does appear that that's what it was <laughs> And I know it was fucking ages ago, but... Ah, uh, no. It would push you down a fairly... Deep rabbit hole. I'm not even all the way down this... JFK rabbit hole. And I know if I keep going, I'm going to find out more and more and more. That's just going to drive me insane. Um, so... I, could <laughs> I should probably keep away from her now for a while. <laughs> That's just a bit of a laugh. Not conspiracy theories, but just a bit of a laugh. You all need a bit of, bit of conspiracy. I'm not into much conspiracy theories, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people who are mad into literally all of them. I know some people are like, not this, 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 and this, and they're just taking it as fact. I don't follow a lot of them. I don't believe... Nah, I'm aware of some of the good ones, but I don't believe most of them. Um, Princess Diana one, I don't, I don't buy that at all. I don't buy the Kurt Cobain one. I don't really buy it at all. Um, what else is there? I find UFOs fascinating. I don't believe them, really. That's the thing about that. I, I could watch a fuckload of UFO stuff. I could watch a fuck ton of it. I don't believe any of it. But I could, theoretically, I could just sit down and watch a load of people tell stories about UFOs and aliens. I could listen to it for ages. I don't really believe it. But I just find it interesting to watch. Do you know? There's something about the people. There's something about the people who get fucking kidnapped by UFOs. 
that they're just strange individuals. They are very strange individuals, all of them. And there's something kind of fascinating about them. I don't know what it is. So that's me and conspiracy theories. This isn't going to be an episode about conspiracy theories. Unfortunately, I could do. I could do a whole fucking thing, couldn't I? I could do a whole... I could do a whole conspiracy episode about JFK. Could do. There's fucking some meat there. I could do that. I won't describe all the details to you now, lads, because I won't... <laughs> I won't do it you, but... Um, um, yeah, I could do that, couldn't I? I could do a whole fucking murder mystery type thing. I don't listen to them true crime podcasts at all, but uh, I could get into this. I could, I could listen to a few, get a bit of a feel from, and do a whole JFK one. Um, I could do that. That'd be a laugh, wouldn't it? All right. Anyways, a bit of an announcement. Um, the announcement somewhat ties in with the theme of this week's episode. Coincidentally, um, I'm gonna be on the fucking radio. Monday. Yurts is you. Um, I'm going to be on Wired FM on Monday, 10 to 11. Every Monday from now on, apparently. Uh, I think the show is going to be called, what did he say it was called? Robbie versus the morning, I think he said it was called. And um, yeah, it's going to be good crack. It's going to be me just playing tunes, um, having a laugh. Slightly different to the podcast, to be honest. It's just going to be me ha- more having a laugh more than anything else. Just talking about whatever's going on in the news, celebrity gas, that kind of shit. Radio. You know, me just having a laugh on the radio. Um, it's a good laugh. If you haven't listened to me on radio before, it's a good laugh. Um, so if you're free from 10 to 11 on Monday mornings, if you got the radio on, flick on to 99.9 FM. Or if you're a bit less local, go to wiredfm.ie and you can listen live from the website. Alright, perfect. Thank you very much. It's going to be a good crack. Monday, 10 to 11. It's, um, I'm recording this, a bit of behind the scenes podcast stuff for you here. I usually record this on a Tuesday night. I hope I'm not, I hope I'm not breaking the, the podcast fourth wall now at the moment, lads, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I usually record this on Tuesday nights, and, uh, I didn't. I'm recording this on a Wednesday morning. It's currently Wednesday morning. It's a nice morning. Um, which is a bit strange. So there might be a different vibe. It might be, it might be a more morning vibe to this going on right now. I don't know, you tell me. Um, the days are getting fucking brighter out in the mornings, you find that? The days are getting more... I'm looking out the window, it's blue. I can see blue, like, I can see blue and a load of sun. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, we're fucking heading towards the spring now. It's fucking middle of February. What date is it today? Get rid of these. Today is the 17th. So we're well into February and we're getting into spring. We had snow there a couple of days ago and it's starting to get sunny. I guarantee we're going to have a fucking heat wave in the next in the next few weeks. Because that's just the way the fucking weather has gone here in Ireland now. We're going to have, we just have fucking dreadful winters that, that last into the middle of, that last into the middle of February, sometimes into March. And then by the end of March then we have a fucking heat wave where it goes about 25 degrees. But um, I'm recording this on a Wednesday now. And today is Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. 
yesterday was Pancake Tuesday or Shrove Tuesday as it's formerly known. When you when traditionally in Ireland we eat a fuck ton of pancakes because it's the last day before Ash Wednesday, therefore the start of Lent. Lent is when Christians give up something. Make Christians make a sacrifice every year for Lent. So they sacrifice something that would be difficult for them to sacrifice. Um, sugar in their tea. Fucking wham bars or something, I don't know. Um, traditionally, usually you'd fast, but apparently the Christians have given up on that one. Because <laughs> that was too hard, wasn't it? <laughs> um, Lent has always been a funny fucking thing for me. Because it's very intense. It's because, was it Jesus spent 40 days and 40 nights in the in the desert resisting the temptations of Satan with them? Um, yeah, so to commemorate that and to remember that and as a sacrifice to show Jesus how much, yeah, you, you uh, to show Jesus the, the, the appreciation you have, you sacrifice something yourself. And most people don't even make it the full 40 days anymore. <laughs> Most people go about 20 days in and they kind of go, ah, fuck it. Two sugars in my tea there, Mary. Go on, sound. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's weird. When you look on paper, what it is, is you're making a sacrifice for, for, for Jesus. For such minimal things that people actually give up. <laughs> it's always been fairly... I always thought it was funny. Something's kind of funny how intense it is versus the amount of Versus the actual sacrifice. It's just... Jesus lasted 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. He resisted the temptation of Satan. He resisted Satan's temptations. He did not eat for 40 days and 40 nights. So to remember Jesus. And to thank him for the sacrifice he made for us. We will make equal sacrifice. I will not have sugar in my tea for 40 days and 40 nights to show Jesus how much I love him. (laughs) (laughs) This is my wife, Susan. She is making big sacrifice for Jesus. She will not eat purple snack bar for 40 days and 40 nights. (laughs) <laughs> uh, as you might be able to tell I'm not religious <laughs> um, if you are religious and you're offended by what I'm saying don't worry I'm already going to hell so I'm allowed to make jokes <laughs> I'm allowed to make as much jokes as I like now because I'm already going to hell you know what I mean you shouldn't be getting take I'm going to be you know getting burnt by demons and whatnot for the rest of eternity so you know you're gonna have to last laugh so just let me laugh for like 80 odd years and then for eternity you can laugh at me for as much as you like right does that sound like a fair trade (laughs) um yeah hell's a funny concept to me as well because eternity like eternity is a long time i think eternity is awful even in heaven, no matter how good heaven is, eternity is a long fucking time, lad. Do you know what I mean? But, like, 
How bad can it be in hell? Where after eternity, it's still quite bad. Like, do you know what I mean? You have to get you have to get used to it at some stage. Do you know what I mean? Unless they change it up a bit. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's your soul that goes to hell as well. It's not your body. Like, how do, they can't physically hurt your soul. Your soul is your soul. Like, it's not a physical thing. How would you hurt someone's soul? Hurting their feelings. <laughs> so it's just you get down there and it's just Satan hurting your feelings. That's grand. Wouldn't mind that at all. <laughs> you just get down there and it's just you standing around and the next thing a demon comes up. Hang on a second, hang on a second. <laughs> and it's just you you just standing there and demons are just screaming at you, hang on a second. Nobody likes you. <laughs> just coming at you at your biggest fears and your biggest insecurities about yourself. They just and they know your biggest insecurities as well, so they fucking use them against you. So hang on. <laughs> when you leave the room, people start talking about how strange you are. Every woman you find attractive thinks you're weak. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, lads, I'm going there. I'm actually the one going to hell. So let me laugh for the eighty odd years I'm here, and then you can laugh as much as, you do, as much as you like in eternity. <laughs> eternity sounds fucking terrifying to me as well, lads. Lads, I don't think people realize how fucking long eternity is. Eternity is a long fucking time. It's really long. Think about how think about how old you are now. It's a long time, innit? That's nothing. <laughs> now imagine, hang on, eternity. Let me put this in perspective. Right? Let me describe eternity. Like, I'll, des- I'll describe eternity this way, right? You're there in heaven. Blissful enough. Existing. Can't just existing. For... After about a billion years, you're starting to go, well, where's the end? What, what's the point? So people say, what's the point in living if you don't believe in a heaven? But what's the point in living in heaven, lads? There's nothing afterwards. There's nothing after heaven. It's just eternity up there. So you're there and about five billion years on, right? You're like, Jesus fucking hell, this is... What's the point? What, what, what's the point? And it's it, eternal bliss. Eternal bliss. I've been living in eternal bliss for five billion years now. I don't see the purpose anymore. I don't find any meaning in this. Well, it's eternal bliss. Enjoy it, right? That's five billion years. You're starting to get a bit weird about it, right? Go forward in another ten trillion years, and you're there, freaked the fuck out, going, "Oh my god, this is just, this is it, isn't it? This is never ending. This is, this is it." And you're just there. You've been existing for fucking trillions of years now, and you're just there, stood there, going, "When's this gonna end?" And you had enough of existence. And here's the fucking beauty of it, lads. Ten trillion years. You're not even half fucking way. You're not even halfway because there is no halfway. There is no end. It's eternity. You exist forever. You exist forever. You're going to exist for another ten trillion years on top of that. And another ten trillion years. And another ten billion years on top of that. And another ten trillion years. And it's never going to end. It's going to keep going till the end of time. Why does death terrify you if that's what you think happens? Death is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't mean to offend anyone, I just mean to entertain. That's just my opinion on eternity, lads. I don't think people really stop for a second and think about what eternity means. Eternity is fucking terrifying. Um, give me death. Thanks. If there's anyone up there um, in the sky, God or whatever, please give me death. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm, I'm, giving, I'm, giving, I'm giving religious people an awful load. Um, but to be fair, lads, this used to be illegal in Ireland up until last year. We had blasphemy laws up until last year. I can say this now legally. I can say this like I used to, like I could I, I could genuinely face prosecution up till this point last year in Ireland, which is nuts when you think about it. Like Ireland, we're a fairly progressive country now. Do you know what I mean? We used to be, but we're fairly good now. Do you know what I mean? But up until last year, it would have been illegal for me to say all of that. Do you know what I mean? And those are just my beliefs. Do you know what I mean? I'm not setting out to offend anybody. That's genuinely just what I believe. That, that when it comes to religion. That's what I believe. And I would face prosecution for simply saying it. That's religious intolerance. I don't care. Fuck you. But we've changed all that now. It's mad that that law existed for so long, though, no? No one ever got done for it, though. Well, who was the last person to ever get done for blasphemy in Ireland? I think it was the mid-80s at some point. I don't, think, I don't even think it was that bad. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's mad, because we're a fairly progressive country. Do you know what I mean? We... First country to legalise same-sex marriage by vote. Fuck yeah. By vote. I think we really gloss over that. By vote. Vote. The fucking public said, yeah, let's do it. First country in the world to ever do it. We have an awful reputation for being fucking, for being Catholic and for being, you know, very conservative. But this is not true. Like, look at the numbers. Uh, we, we have abortion now, which is another great one. Um, the big one. No one ever brings this up. Leo Varadkar, our Taoiseach. Half Indian and gay was running the country for like five years and some people didn't like him but they didn't like him because of his political leanings. <laughs> they didn't like him because of his politics. His sexuality didn't come up. No one ever brought it up. He never brought it up. No one in parliament ever brought it up. No one no one ever brought it up. It was never brought up. The most you'd ever find was some lad down the pub would be given out. At most. If you went down the pub and asked someone their opinion of him Maybe they might make a homophobic slur here and there. But that was about it. We've come a long way fairly quickly, lads. What years now? 2021? 30 years ago, we still had Magdalene laundries. Do you know what I mean? And now, you can be fucking gay and be Taoiseach and no one gives a bollocks anymore. They wouldn't have that in America. How long before America elects a, a gay president? A while. We're going to be waiting a while for that. How many gay fucking politicians are there in England? Do you know what I mean? No one gives a fuck here. Fuck, go on Ireland. We're, we're a lot more progressive than I think the rest of the world thinks and than we even ourselves think. And I'm very proud of that. But yeah, we had blasphemy laws up until last year. Um, yeah, we had fucking... It was in our constitution about blasphemy. Sound dev. But um, if you are religious, uh, I don't hold anything against you. But uh, yeah, as you can tell, I'm not the most religious. I'm not the most religious people. I don't come from a religious household. We don't really do Lent in my house. Uh, we don't do any. Um, we don't do any of that shit really. Um, we're not a very. Um, we don't do Ash Wednesday. We don't go to mass. We don't. Go, we don't go to mass for Christmas or Easter or nothing like that. A lot of people say that to me. I say I don't go to mass. They're like, yeah, but for Christmas and Easter you go to mass. No, not really. 
Actually, no, not at all. I, I, I've ne I don't think I've ever been to Mass for Easter. Or Christmas. I don't think I've ever been to either. Ever. So I'm not a very... I don't come from a very religious background. Um, so those are just my opinions there on uh, on, on religion on Ash Wednesday. Um, but if you believe in God and you believe in Ash Wednesday, have at it. Joe, who might say? Do you know? The way I look at it, I believe that the world just kind of happened. There was a big bang, which there was, and then we evolved from apes, which we did, that's a fact. <laughs> but why it happened, I don't have the answers to. I just believe it just kind of happened, and it's a bit of an accident, and it just kind of happened, and it created us. That's a bit ridiculous as well, to be honest. That's a bit mad. It's a bit ill-founded of a, of a belief. There's no real reason for me to believe that. There might, there's, there might be something else. But, you know what I mean? We're all being ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? That's just as ridiculous as thinking a, a, a man made the world in seven days. We're all ridiculous. We're all wrong. We're all going to die. There's probably nothing afterwards. Just love each other and get over it. That's my honest opinion. I've offended some people there, even though I've admitted that I don't know either. If anyone says they know... Here's a test. If anyone ever says they have the answers to why we exist, to, to figuring out the, 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 the means of the universe, the means of, of of all that, if anyone ever says they have those answers, they are flat out fucking lying to you. If they're a priest, if they're a fucking rabbi, if they're a fucking, they're a fucking politician, if they're a fucking cult leader, if it's L. Ron Hubbard, Jesus Christ, or Jim Jones, they're fucking lying to you, alright? It's a fact. Just, none of us know... Let's just carry on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a bit of a rant about religion there. This podcast is also not about religion. We're about 20 minutes in now and I've given out stink about religion. Because uh, I kind of can. I can. That's the other thing about the blasphemy laws. It's socially acceptable to chat shit about the church in Ireland now, which I like. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's socially acceptable. Like, we're again, we're a lot further than a lot of other countries, man. Like, my fucking... I've got cousins in England and they always tell me... That they'd always be telling you, like, in order to get into a good school, you have to be Catholic and you have to be baptised in England, right? They were telling me this. This is just in their area. In order to get into the Catholic school, they have to be baptised. And if you're going to be baptised, you have to go to Mass. How many times? I think it's like the priest has to see you for a couple of months beforehand every week at Mass before he'll agree to baptise your child. Because and he and he will say no, I'm not baptizing your child if you don't go to mass. Like they would no more under fuck get away with that here in Ireland. If they tried to pull that stunt in Ireland, people would just stop baptizing their kids. <laughs> Truthfully, like because there's a lot of people who aren't that religious but will still do it. Like, do you know what I mean? If they tried to pull that here, people would say fuck off, you paedophile. It's, it's socially acceptable to call a priest a paedophile in Ireland, <laughs> not to their face, but behind their back. But you can call a priest a paedophile behind their back. No one gets upset. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? No one gets upset if you're if you say ah priest bunch of pedophiles. No one gets that upset because you know they took the absolute piss here in Ireland. Do you know what I mean? They were doing some dodgy stuff the world over, but here in Ireland in particular, we got the worst of it. Arguably, we got kind of the worst doing from the church. So you can say all manner of things about the church, and no one's gonna ever say nothing to you because you've got a point. Um, so I think there I'll do a little I'll do a little break now in the middle. Um. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, <laughs> if you're a religious man, you're probably turned it off. <laughs> uh, if you're enjoying, if you're if you're enjoying yourself, um, keep listening, um, subscribe to it and all that. Um, if you um, if you're not enjoying it, feel free to leave. 
and if you uh, if you have a friend called Max and you think Max would enjoy this, uh, tell Max where I am and um, send him on my way. Um, Max sounds like a dog. Is it a dog? If if the dog would enjoy, it, click it on for him. <laughs> if the dog. <laughs> Alright, so there you go, there's a little break. Those breaks are getting shorter, aren't they? Oh, that's the break over. Alright. So, we're 20 minutes in and I haven't actually gotten to what this episode is about. So this episode is... This is going to be much shorter because I don't have much planned. See, I was... I'm a lot less organised this week. I don't... I, I, I've been busy last while and I haven't had much... I have a list of things, if I don't get any new ideas for a podcast, I have a list of things. I'm like, alright, if you don't have any, I have like ten of them. I'm like, alright, if you don't have anything, just do one of these. And I just wasn't arsed doing any of the ones I was looking at. I was like going, oh, I don't want to talk about that, I don't want to talk about that, I don't want to talk about that. I just wasn't in the form. Um, so, I decided on something a bit different this week, but it was going to be much shorter. So, I said, you can just rent for the first 20 minutes and then do another 20 minutes on on the topic you want to talk about and then let that be your podcast for the week so that's what I'm doing Um, so I'm trying out something a bit new this week it's I'm going to start calling these types of podcasts go go watch this you will <laughs> go yeah, go and watch this you will alright that's what it's going to be called Um, so essentially I'm just going to name a film or a TV show or something or sometimes it might be an album and I'll just recommend it to you and then I'll tell you to go and watch it and I'll just do a review of it, why I love it so much and why I think you should all give it a chat. Um, basically just me explaining why I think it's great. So that's what I'm going to do this week. I'm going to test it out and see if, see if it's any good and if I enjoy doing it I might keep doing more of these. Hang on a second. Alright, so the film I'm recommending this week is The Boat That Rocked. The Boat That Rocked, if you haven't heard of it, you mightn't have. A lot of people don't don't speak about this film. I'll give you a bit of it, I'll give you a bit of background. It's written and directed by Richard Curtis. Now Richard Curtis is more known as a writer than, than he's a director. He would have written he's known as like the king of the rom coms. He he wrote a lot of the great British rom-coms. He wrote um, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, uh, Bridget Jones' Diary. Did he write the second Bridget Jones film as well, I think? He didn't write the third one, but he wrote the first two, as far as I know. I could be wrong on that. But yeah, he's known as he's known as the king of the rom-coms, right? He, he, like those films now, like they're, those are classic British rom-coms. All... All starring Hugh Grant as well, by the way, <laughs> which is just funny. Um, he's known for casting Hugh Grant in pretty much everything. Um, also, quick apologies before I I might make a mistake because I've been looking at I've been looking at a lot of Richards lately. So his name is Richard Curtis. There's an amount of Richards. I might end up calling him Richard Dawkins or Richard Linklater because I've been looking up a lot about the three of them for the last while. So I might make that mistake. There's a lot of Richards. <laughs> Um, right, so Richard Curtis, he's known as more as a writer, and I've heard it said, I've heard it said by critics and reviewers and whatnot, saying that he's a better writer than he's a director. 
the films that he writes are clearly better than the films he directs. I've heard that said about him. And that to me is fucking insane. I don't... Because he's directed three films only today, to, to date. He's directed Love Actually, The Boat That Rocked, and About Time. I will talk about the other two first. Love Actually is one of the greatest Christmas movies ever. And it's also one of the greatest Valentine's movies ever. It is fucking... just It's just fucking amazing. It's just fucking lovely. It's just one of them films. You just flick it on and you're... How long is that film? About two hours? Your heart is perpetually warmth for two hours straight. Your, your, your chest is in a state of physical warmth for two hours straight watching that film. It's hard not to have an absolute big smile on your face when you're watching that film. It is just adorable, that film is. Alright? And then there's About Time. About Time is like... It's similar to Love Actually in that sense. But time is about ten. Because About Time is heartwarming, heartbreaking, tear-inducing. It's everything. It's fucking amazing that film is that's that's again that's one of the films if someone said to me i want a good film that'll make me cry i'll go about time because it's oh it's lovely that's a lovely fucking film that is that is fucking donald gleason oh it's a beautiful film that is right and he's all when and when he's pegged in interviews i've noticed this i only noticed this recently when richard curtis is brought into interviews he's usually introduced as Oh, the writer of such films as Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, Love Actually, and About Time. That's usually... And it, they skip the boat that rocked every time. They skip the boat that rocked. And you never hear anyone question him about, about, about the boat that rocked. You never hear him talk about the boat that rocked. You, I know I've always wondered, what's that about? Why does no one ever talk about the boat that rocked? And I looked it up and I did a bit, did a bit of research. And the film was financially not very successful at all i think the budget was about it was a 50 million and i think that it ended up making 30 million back which is a, a failure now that's a big failure because it didn't make if it do, if it doesn't make its budget back it's just seen as an absolute failure of the highest order and so this film what i reckon is the story was it was it was an absolute flop an absolute disappointment nobody went to see it and it just never gets talked about. As a result, well, all the rest of his films were major successes. Love Actually was a big success, and it's continued to be a big success. Like in America, apparently, Love Actually is like just an absolute staple. Apparently, I, I don't live in America, but apparently, it's like it's big here and it's big in England. But apparently, in America, it's fucking ginormous, especially around Christmas time. Um, about time, I think, made a fuckload of money, and course everyone loves about time i love about time is a very it's a film as, as i say it's hard not to love that film and the boat that rock just never gets mentioned and it's my favorite of all of his films i'm a big fan of him i'm a big fan of richard curtis but the boat that rocked is my favorite of all of his films i adore that film that's a film that and I've looked at reviews of it. I've looked at bad reviews of it. It didn't get... The reviews it got at the time weren't too bad. But they weren't too great either. And I've looked at them all. Not all of them. But I've looked at good and bad. And I don't give a fuck what any of them say. I absolutely love it. It's just one of the films where a reviewer can say... It's a lot of shite. And I just go... You are... Wrong. It's just one of those times. Sometimes I go... I can see what you're saying. I don't understand... People who don't like this film. <laughs> I don't get it. I really don't get it. 
Um, I watched it last night in preparation for this. Just so I had a bit of stuff to talk about. And my God, did I have a a lovely evening watching this film. <laughs> it's long as well. It's like two hours, 15. And you could easily cut out half of it if you wanted it. But I wouldn't cut a single bit out of it. <laughs> I wouldn't cut anything out of it. Fucking brilliant. If, do you know what I mean? You put a gun to your head. Put a gun to someone's head and say, make this an hour and a half. You could easily take out 45 minutes of it. You, piece, piece of piece. Because there's no cohesive story to it. Alright, let me go back. So the film is about a young fella called Carl. Who, it's set in 1960. It's somewhere in the mid-60s. It's not really specified. And it's about a... A pirate radio station called Radio Rock. What pirate radio stations were in the 60s were... It was... Because the mid-60s... I was talking about this last week. It was, it was like a prime time and heyday for bands like The Who, The Beatles, The Kinks, The Beach Boys. All these amazing bands. It was prime time. Especially for British music as well. So take out The Beach Boys out of that. And all, the, all those are British bands. It was, a, it, was a, it was prime time for it. But... It... But at the time, radio stations in England were only playing something like 45 minutes of rock and pop music a day. Every day, that's all they played. 45 minutes. During the prime stages of this music, it, was, it wasn't being played on the radio. And this was at a time as well, this was before, just before the fucking internet. Like, this is long before the internet. This was long before people had such easy access to music. You know, you could buy records, but records were expensive. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't be... Well, they're not that expensive, but, like, you couldn't just be buying all the music you wanted so you could listen to new songs all day, every day. Especially if you were young. Do you know what I mean? Uh, there were a couple of pounds for, for a record or whatever. But you, you couldn't just be spending that all the time for all the music that you wanted to listen to. And it wasn't being played on the radio. So what started happening was there were the pirate radio stations. Pirate radio stations were... Clues kind of in the name. They used to say they used to get on their they used to get on a boat and used to sail out of British waters and then send radio frequencies to England so people could and then they would play pop and rock music all day, like twenty four hours a day. Um, it wasn't illegal, but it was kind of it was a loophole. They found a loophole essentially. And um, that's what this film is about. It's about a pirate radio station. It's set on this boat and it's a radio station. It's fictional. It's not a real station. It was Radio Rock is the name of the station in the film. And it's centred around a young fella called Carl who's, I think, 18. And he's been kicked out of school for smoking and taking drugs and just being a bit of a delinquent. So his mother has sent him to this radio station to get away from everything and to kind of quieten him a bit um, and he arrives and Bill Nye is there and Bill Nye knew his mother and Bill Nye said your mother's made a massive fucking mistake sending you here because it's just sex, drugs and rock and roll that's all we do here <laughs> and that's kind of what the film is then it's then it's as I said 2 hours 15 minutes with a cast and a fucking half 
it's just an ama- the cast in this film is fucking incredible. So you have Bill Nye, um, Chris O'Dowd, Nick Frost, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Reese Evans, fucking Kenneth Branagh, Reese Darby, your man from fucking Flight of the Concords, like fucking hang on. Jane from the AT Crowd, Emma Thompson's in it. An absolute just cast and a half, right? It's an amazing cast. And they're all fucking brilliant in it as well. So I think is it... It's it's the city of the... There's, I think is there... Tw- what was it? I was watching the behind the scenes and I think one of them said it's 12 guys and a lesbian. <laughs> that that could have been the name for the film, 12 guys and a lesbian. But that's what it is. It's, it's 12 of them and then one lesbian. There's a no women rule, but... That's the joke is because it's set in the 60s as well so there's kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing where it's clearly kind of questionable where she's loud on because she's a lesbian. And it's it's what you describe it's what you would describe as a hangout movie I think. Do you know? It's more about it's more there's no story really. I mean there's there's storylines but there's no necessarily one thing that brings you from start to finish as such there's no this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens kind of a story I think that would be a bit of a stretch to say that it does it's more a collection of funny moments on this boat and you kind of Richard Curtis himself said it because he said it was nice to get away from I was watching an interview of him talking about the film he said, he said it was nice to get away from because you know he's the king of the rom com, and he said it was nice to get away from that. He said it's he said it's nice to just make a film where it's just the way he described it's perfect. He said it's just a lot of people. It's just a film where a lot of people say a lot of things, and there's an exciting bit at the end, and that's exactly what it is. There's no, it's exactly that. It's a lot of good, funny scenes, and great scene at the end. That's that's kind of what it is, and it's on paper. It's it's all over the place, kind of on paper. It's like it's just kind of a bit mad because, as I said, there's no storyline to it. Usually, that would be a negative, but in this film, it's not, or I don't find it to be. It's it's a film. I've seen it. I've seen it about. I must have seen. I've seen. I've seen it several times, and every time of what? Every time I watch it. You just, I just, I flick it on. You're just kind of there. Do you know what I mean? You're just on that boat. It really makes you just feel like you're just on that boat with those lads, having the crack, having a laugh for two hours, 15 minutes. That's really what it feels like. It just feels like you're just there. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't feel like... At no point do I ever feel like I'm watching a film. At no point do I feel like... At no point do I feel like... Is there another half an hour left in this film, or is there another? Do you know what I mean? It's one of those films where I could easily, on the DVD, there's forty-five minutes worth of deleted scenes. I would happily watch a version of the film with all of those scenes in it. Happily, it, if it was three and a half hours long, I'd happily sit down and watch the entire thing. It just has that thing to it. There's no, because because there's no story to it. It's just a collection of just great scenes and. And everyone's great in it as well. Most of the people kind of have their moment in it as well. There's one character in it. I don't even know his name. He's played by a fellow called Ike something. And he has about three lines. And he's one of the best characters in the whole thing. He's just, he doesn't do anything. 
you could cut him out of the film. The film would be no different, really, story-wise. But every scene he's in, and he's in most of the scenes, just kind of there. There's something about him that just kind of... You just watch him, you go, this one is fucking funny. He's just there, always, constantly. And I'm avoiding spoilers, but the ending is just phenomenal. The ending is just... I was watching it last night, and I've seen, as I said, I've seen it several times. I'm not being funny, but I, after I was, I was there with just a massive smile on my face. Literally, at one stage, I was punching the air. I was like, going, "Fuck yeah, come on!" <laughs> I, you know what I mean, it's just fantastic. My favorite scene in the whole film, and this would be one of my favorite scenes ever in in, in any film. I've watched this scene on YouTube multiple times, and it just still absolutely warms my heart. Now this scene in particular the reason I'm bringing this scene up is because of a misconception I think is often brought up about Richard Curtis all right Richard Curtis because he writes these rom-coms because he writes very positive films he's known for being overly optimistic he's known for being like love actually is 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 quite an optimistic film do you know what I mean? Like Love Actually, it has a very positive view of the world. It has a very positive outlook on life. It has a very positive... It has a very... It's just sheer positivity from start to finish that doesn't... Some people criticise it. Some people don't like it. Because people say it's just too happy. And... The scene I want to talk about to refute that is the biscuit scene in Both That Rocked. If you haven't seen it, I recommend just flick on, I pinned the biscuit scene, Both That Rocked into YouTube and you'll, and you'll see this scene. What happens is, you kind of need to know what happens beforehand to really feel the impact of it. So Bill Nye gets his niece onto the boat and tries to set him up with Carl, tries to set her up with Carl. And Carl is the young fella in it. He's been to all boys' schools all his life. He's never he's never been with a girl at all. He doesn't even know how to talk to girls. He's, he's like he has very little experience with talking to girls whatsoever. So he's never been with a girl and he has very little chances of doing so. And they're all there trying to help him out at the start of the film. So Bill Nye gets his niece in and tries to set him up. And it's going quite well. Um, just before, just before he meets her, he goes to Nick Frost and says, Nick, have you, his name's not Nick, but he said, have you got a condom? And he gives him one. He said, yeah, here you go. Best luck. And so he's on the date with this young one. She's called Marianne and it's going really well. And the next thing, Nick Frost comes in and starts eyeing her up. <laughs> and you don't know. If he's done this, if he's done this purposefully, vindictively, or if he's just having a laugh, but he says, "Jesus, Karen, now I know why you, want, why you wanted that condom." Good night, and just walks out the room. And then Yuan gets half tick. She was like, "What the fuck? Are you, what? Why did you, you bring a condom? Do you think I'm easy?" Right. So he freaks out and he goes, "Yeah, I did, but look, I don't even want it." And he takes it and he throws it out the window, out into the sea. And then he kind of just breaks. Because he's, and again, he's never, you get the impression he's never spoke, he's, he's rarely spoken to a girl that's even his age 
ever. So he's just he just kind of absolutely breaks and he just says, the moment I saw you, I fell in love with you and I think we're going to get married and have children and it's this big thing and you're like, ah, oh, dude, <laughs> your heart just breaks from You're like, ah, oh, dude, you can't be saying this. And somehow it works. And she comes over and she kisses him. And then she says, I think we're going to need that condom. And then he goes back to Nick Frost and says, here, have you another one? You're going to have to chuck that one out the window. And he was like, no, no, try such and such. So he goes up and he, there's, there's, there's a bit of there's a bit of riffraff of him trying to get one. And then he gets one. By the time he comes back down, <laughs> she's gone. He goes into his room and your one's gone. And he's like, where the fuck she gone? And across the hall, she's already gone to Nick Frost's room. And she's naked inside his bed as soon as he goes in the door. <laughs> and it's all kind of fun and games up until this point. He walks in. And next thing the girl's there, she sees him and she just puts her head under the covers. And it's kind of funny, it's kind of that now straight up, she, he, she, it's kind of funny. She puts her head under the covers as if she's hiding, which is ridiculous. And it's funny in this kind of, in this kind of old screwball comedy type way. And then it just cuts back to him and his face is just, he's just so upset and he just looks at her and goes, I can see you Marianne. And he, he, he just says it's so real. <laughs> and oh my god. My heart absolutely breaks. <laughs> Whenever I watch that, I've watched that multiple times. Every time I see that, I go, oh no. <laughs> Honestly, when, when, when I watch that film and Bill Nye says, oh, I got my knees coming. I go, no, I don't want to watch this bit. And I feel like skipping it. But I don't, obviously. Because I'm like, yeah, go on, let's watch it. It's funny. <laughs> and honestly, you'd... You don't want to be made of fucking stone to, to, to not feel not feel something bad for the And then there's the next scene, which is the biscuit scene. And then you can look this up on YouTube and watch this scene. It's just apparently it was improvised as well. He's just sat there and there's the song So Long Marianne by Leonard Cohen is playing. And so two lads, your man Ike that I was talking about, I forget what's the name of the character he plays, I forget. But he comes over and the other fellow, the fellow who reads the news, I forget his name as well, but he's a great character. And they come over and they come over with a little glass of milk and a little plate of bourbon biscuits. <laughs> and and they sit down and they sit down beside him kind of awkwardly. He just doesn't really acknowledge him. He just kind of stares off into the distance. And there's just a scene of the two of them kind of awkwardly taking a bourbon biscuit and dipping it into the milk and eating away. And then eventually he just breaks and says, oh, fuck it. And he grabs a biscuit <laughs> And starts eating away and then he just, he just starts laughing and then they all start laughing. They all put their hands around each other and they all start having a laugh. I'm explaining it horribly. Go watch the scene. It's it's fucking hilarious and beautiful. That scene, that just that scene with the biscuit, it's only two shots as well. There's very little editing in it. It's purely done in, act, in the actor's performance. It, it just... That to me is what Richard Curtis's films are. They're not overly positive. Is Richard Curtis will sh- will show something that is completely and utterly heartbreaking. There's another big scene with Chris O'Dowd where something kind of similar happens to him, and it's just heartbreaking. It's awful, but there's kind of a. It's not that like that's not just pure positivity and pure everything's great, everything's all love. There's a kind of it's sad, and it's painful. 
But as I say, at the end of that scene, they all put their arms around each other and all start having a laugh and they all kind of go, yeah, come on, cheer up, mate, kind of thing. Is it thing? Is it kind of a thing that Richard Curtis does? I call it, and this is just my own wording of it. So I might put a fucking copyright on this phrase. I call it painful optimism. Yes, it's optimistic. But in the face of something horrible. Does that make sense? Like love actually is incredibly optimistic. But in the face of something awful. Prime example is everyone talks about the scene where Emma Thompson realises that Alan Rickman bought a necklace. And then she realises it wasn't for her. And he's buying a necklace for some other woman. And that scene is a scene everybody talks about. And your heart fucking breaks. It's fucking awful. You're like, no. Because you know all along and you know it's going to happen. You know she sees him buying it and she's like going, oh my god, he's buying this for me. And you're watching it going, no. <laughs> and then she finds it and you just go, no. Do you know what I mean? It's like that. But that's not op- that's not just sheer positivity and optimism. But at the end, they kind of make up and they say, look. She kind of says, are you having an affair? He's like, no. Because he's not. And they kind of just say, look, all right, look, we can get through this. And they hug each other. Like, it's seen as being overly optimistic. That's not optimistic. That's just... Have, that's like having to keep your head up in the midst of sheer and utter fucking misery. Do you know what I mean? That's like... Get, do you know what I mean? It's not optimism. It is optimism, but it's not positive optimism. It's painful. It's fucking painful for Emma Thompson in that scene to turn around and just say, look... I forgive you. That's hard. And it's painful for your man in the boat that rocked. To just say, alright, fuck, let's have a biscuit. It's painful. But you gotta do it. That's what it is. It's not just straight up. It's not just straight up positivity. It's not like. It's more than that. And as well, the other thing is. Richard Curtis. And that's a good reason why it's not surprising. Richard Curtis is the founder of Red Nose Day. Red Nose Day, if you don't know, um, is a day in England. There's a big... No, he's the founder of Comic Relief. And Comic Relief, they... They put on a big comedy show with all these great comedians. They put all these... all this. They put on a big show every year to raise money for um, starving people in Africa. And they raise millions every year. I don't know how much... I don't know what the numbers are. You can look up how much money Comic Relief has made. Richard Curtis has raised so much fucking money for, for those people out there. It's, it's insane. He's one of the nicest men in the world. But it's not surprising that he invented that when all of his films have that edge. Like, when you watch Comic Relief, it's nothing but, you know, laughs and having a, everyone's having a good time, full of sketches. And in the middle, every now and again, they'll remind you, yeah, well, don't forget what we're doing this for. And they'll show you some horrible things that are happening in, in you know... Various parts around the world, and just seeing absolute, just seeing absolute horrors taking place. You know, you see, they'll show you a documentary following a certain child, and then next thing afterwards, they'll tell you that that child died, and it's just it's heartbreaking. But it's not surprising then, you know, it's not surprising that that's that's the same person who you know, that's the same person made both of those things. You know what I mean? So there's Richard Curtis, and there's the boat that rocked. 
it's just one of my favourite films ever. If you said, Robbie, you have to bring... You're going to be put in a desert island, you have to bring ten films on with you. Both that rocked. 100%. Because it just, it just has that vibe. You just flick it on and you're just there on that boat. For two hours, fifteen minutes. And you're sad at the end. You're sad when the ending starts happening and you're going... I would love to spend another 45 minutes on this boat. You know what I mean? Like I said, this 45 minutes of deleted scenes is like, I'd love to watch another 45 minutes of this film. I'd love for this film to go on for three hours. I would love it. You know what I mean? And it's too, like for for a comedy to be that long is strange. And for it to, for it to not feel its length is very strange. Um, especially for one that doesn't have a storyline, that doesn't have a cohesive beginning, middle and end. You know what I mean? It's not really a story, it's more, it's, like I said, it's, it's a hangout movie. You just, it's like hanging out on this boat for two hours. And the f- fucking soundtrack, lads. I haven't even mentioned the soundtrack. The soundtrack is fucking incredible. As it would be. Do you know what I mean? As it would be, because the, the what the film's about and whatnot. It's just filled with absolute bangers. Could you imagine, because as well, a lot of the times a film set this time won't have some of the absolute bangers of tunes. And it doesn't have any Beatles, because Beatles are just too fucking expensive to put into anything. But it's got the Kinks, the Who, Cream. What other songs are there? Crimson and Clover, that song's in it. Fucking, oh, fucking Sunny Afternoon by the Kinks is in it. Oh, that's unreal. All Day and All the Night by the Kinks in it. The soundtrack is fucking incredible. That's another one of the ones where, if I'm look- if I'm just looking for a good playlist on, on Spotify, what have you, I will just type in both that rocked soundtrack. All the time, all the time, I'll just do that because I just f- fucking love it. Just every like, it's one of those films. Just everything about it, I just adore. Everything about it. There isn't a single, there isn't anything I would change about the film. And if I could, I would just turn it. I would just turn it into a three-hour film. If I had to, if if I could change it, that's what I'd do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I wouldn't take anything out. I absolutely love it. I watched it last night. I'd watch it. I'd watch it again today, easily. Um, I've seen it several times and I'm going to see it several times more for evermore, I'm sure. Um, so, both are rocked. If I have to give it a, a rating out of 5, I'd give it a 5. If I'd give it a rating out of 10, I'd give it a 10. Bit of maths there for anything. <laughs> I can't do maths anymore. I used, to be, I used to be okay at maths in school and now I don't have to do maths anymore. And I'm now going shit at maths. I'm not complaining though because fuck maths. I didn't like maths, so I was alright at it, I didn't like maths. But I liked English, but I wasn't any good at it. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah, the boat that rocked. Go and watch that, you will. Boat that rocked. Alright. Thanks very much. Alright. How long have we gone there? Jeez, we're a fucking hour gone. Oh my god. I was only going to talk about boat that rocked for like 20 minutes. How long did I talk about it for? About half an hour. Jesus. Um, Alright. So as I said, catch me on Word FM. If you're listening this far, which you're probably not. Catch me on Word FM. Um, um, Monday, 10 to 11. Um, on 99.9 FM. Or if you're less local, um, wiredfm.ie. I'll be playing tunes and having a laugh. Um, and I've also got this podcast, which is an hour every week. And I've got the radio show, which is an hour every week. And I also, um, I do a podcast um, sort of weekly with my friends um, called Four Films and a Funeral. 
um one of us picks a film every week and the rest of us have to watch it and then we review it then on the podcast the following week um i do that as well so check that out if you haven't listened to it um so yeah so there's three things there that are going on every week and as well as all my college stuff i'm up the fucking walls with college especially this month i'm in reading week at the moment and my next semester is going to be fucking carnage in terms of assignments they're after landing us with a lot of shite so it's going to be stressful enough for the next while and here's the good news is it's all going to be on this podcast because <laughs> i'm gonna to have to do three podcasts on top of that if you count the radio show as a podcast i'm gonna to have to do three of them a week on top of that um as well as other stuff that i do on the side um i've just i've just got a lot of shit going on and my my brother said this to me the other day he said like it's a lot of extra work you're putting out for yourself like you're gonna give up with one of them or what and um my plan is no i'm gonna keep everything going for as long as i can so i may or may not end up having a a bit of a nervous breakdown live on a podcast and on the radio live broadcast on the radio me having a nervous breakdown so if that's not fucking incentive to keep listening i don't know what the fuck is come join me have an absolute searing utter nervous breakdown you can listen to it every week and you can listen to the slow decline of my mental stability every week come and join me and listen to me decline rapidly into madness all right <laughs> all right all right i'll let you go away thanks very much for listening uh love you all hope you enjoyed that go watch the boat that rocked um i am he as you are he and you are me and we are all together <laughs>